Welcome to the Citizens Report for the 19th of March 2021. I'm Elisa Barwick. Joining me today is Citizens Party leader Craig Isherwood. Welcome, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Elisa. And on today's show, Senate stares down big four loan sharks and a decisive battle in the war on cash. Now, before we get into those topics, a bit of an update on our ongoing Australia Post campaign, uh, of which today is the deadline for submissions into the uh, Senate inquiry. So it's probably too late by the time you're watching this. Hopefully you've already put in your submission, but we'll have more marching orders on what you can do very shortly. Uh, what I wanted to mention by way of update this week, uh, as we'll put up on the screen, is that we had excellent uh, coverage last Saturday in the Australian Financial Review headlined, Going Postal, the fight to get Holgate back. This was a full page spread, uh, which was flagged earlier in the paper on page two, actually. And I'll read you a few quotes from that. But, uh, I mean, this is obviously the, um, the banker's paper of record. So you've got to imagine that there's things going on behind the scenes that led to this. Um, I mean, I will say Tom McIlroy, who wrote this article, has followed this subject seriously from the get-go, one of the few journalists that has reported the goings-on. Uh, however, you don't get that kind of coverage if there's not certain shifts going on behind the scenes and we do know there's been eruptions in the corridors of power that led to this uh, and certain shifts that are going on, which will come to fruition and no doubt a real head as this Senate inquiry starts to hold hearings and the submissions begin to become public. It's funny, Alyssa, because he refers to our, our organisation as a motley crew. Us and, I, and others, yeah. Uh, yeah, us and others. But uh, also the interesting thing is that a lot of our supporters that will be watching this uh, this uh, this presentation, this citizens uh, report, to have taken great deal of pride in becoming part of this motley crew because this motley crew put this issue on the pages of the Australian Financial Review. That's right, brought it to the attention of the whole nation. And I'll just quote a little bit here: uh, the former Australia Post chief quit after her purchase of luxury watches was slammed by the Prime Minister as disgraceful. Uh, the AFR said, but now a motley crew is taking up her cause went on to say that for months the motley crew behind the push might have been dismissed as fringe dwellers, but their success in convincing politicians, Pauline Hanson, Bob Catter and Matt Canavan, to take up the cause means a potentially messy Senate inquiry could breathe new life into the con controversy. So they are worried. And it went on to say that uh, phones in Parliament's ministerial wing have continued to ring over the controversy. The Office of Communications Minister Paul Fletcher has been a target receiving as many as 80 calls a day. So great job, everyone. That's exactly the impact that we wanted. Yep. And I'll also flag, if you haven't seen it, make sure to watch our latest ad that we've posted on our YouTube channel on the privatisation agenda behind uh, what's happened with the targeting of Christine uh, Holgate and the broader plan to sell off Australia Post. Um, now, we better get to our first topic. Um, Senate stares down big four loan sharks. So we're talking uh, here about the government's efforts to um, rip apart the responsible lending laws uh, that came about in 2013, which were very weak anyway. 
uh, and really which didn't affect the bank's behaviour. In fact, the banks really didn't make any changes until the Royal Commission took place because they were right under the spotlight at that point and the threat of you know, real action, which of course never really eventuated, unfortunately. But in any case, last year the government said in, under you know, cover of crisis, economic showdown moments, etc., that we need to stimulate the economy and therefore we need to relax lending standards. Um, so they introduced an amendment to the existing legislation that contains the responsible lending uh, requirements for banks. Uh, now, the good news is this has been presented in the Parliament on Wednesday. It did go through the House of Representatives, but it was taken off the agenda for the Senate when the government realised it did not have the numbers to get it through. So this is really excellent news. Um, now, there had been an Economics Committee inquiry into this and which showed the amount of protest because, among other things, in the summary of the bill, it states that a, a credit provider cannot refuse to provide further credit or reduce a customer's credit limit merely because financial hardship information exists. So in other words, all the um, things that were raised in the Royal Commission that and what we've raised on our show, what Denise Braley and others have raised from consumer support associations, um, that people were being given loans they couldn't afford, they're trying to wind all of that back. And there were two dissenting reports in the Senate inquiry when they reported earlier in the year. Uh, the Labor dissenting report cited Kenneth Hayne from the Royal Commission in which he said very explicitly, apply the law as it stands. He said it should not be amended. And then uh, the Greens dissenting report stated, this bill is designed to let the banks get on with writing loans as big as they possibly can, whether it's good for people or not, so that they can pay even bigger bonuses and rack up even bigger profits. In a country that already has one of the highest levels of consumer debt per capita in the world, this bill would give the banks a licence to entice people into even more debt. It would further lead Australia down the dead-end path that is an economy built on ever-increasing house prices at the expense of just about everything else. And I want to play a clip from Wednesday in the Parliament from Greens Senator Nick McKim where he made uh, a few excellent points. So just listen to this. The government actually wanted to help small businesses, then they'd go to one of the root causes of the problem, that Australia's financial system, aided and abetted by the big corporate banks, is rigged in favour of housing. Over the last 30 years, banks have gone from lending twice as much money to businesses as they did for housing to now lending twice as much money for housing as they do to businesses. Now, under the reign of the neoliberals, Australia's financial system has gone from one that served the real economy by provi providing loans for productive enterprise to one that serves the speculators in the housing market by providing even larger loans for those investing in ever-increasing house prices. The Productivity Commission undertook an extensive inquiry into competition in the financial system just three years ago and it found this. The reform that would most significantly improve small to medium enterprise access to finance would be changes to the underlying prudential requirements for SME lending compared with lending for residential mortgages. So there you have it. In other words, fix the financial system so it's not rigged in favour of housing speculators. That's what 
we should be doing, make it so that the banks aren't able to lend so much more against their capital holdings for housing as they are for small businesses. And that would help put some balance back in the financial system and our economy in favour of people who are actually doing something with the money they're lent rather than betting and speculating on ever-increasing house prices. And he went on to say that mortgage lending rose 44% in the last 12 months, which is the biggest rise in any 12-month period on record. Why, he asked? Well, because the RBA pumped out money, gave it to the bank, said, do what you want with it. And of course, because of the way the lending laws are set up, um, they said, OK, we'll put it into housing because that's where they can lend the most, that's where they can make the most. Uh, and of course, now the government wants to make it even easier by relaxing the responsible lending laws. So, um, you know, the government's acting as agents of the banks, he said, directing more money into speculation. We need new rules for a financial system which would actually favour production. And it's interesting that he would say that because this is something we've been a lonely voice in saying for a long time, Craig. Yeah, well, yeah and Senator McKim was alluding to it. No, the fact is that the banks are starving small businesses from credit which they desperately need. And look, the issue here, Lisa, is not the credit per se or the money. The issue is where's that spent? And if you spend it into creating a productive economy that includes large-scale infrastructure projects, then you can, you can stimulate the economy to produce more jobs, more income and greater wealth because you're producing something. Spending it in housing is not producing anything it's except a bubble. That's pr and, pricing people out of the market to well, buy a home anyway. Well, I just uh, today there's various uh, population figures come out and I just you know, discovered from reports that the population of the world has dropped for the first time since 20, uh, 1916, you know, after World War One, That's got to do with the pandemic and so forth. But one of the problems here in Australia is that we have a very, very low birth rate. But the, one of the factors of the birth rates it's, it is simply that, uh, you know, you've got the bigger issues of how do you live, how do you support a family? And a lot of people are saying, well, one of the issues is unaffordable housing. Mm. If you can't afford a house for your family, you're not going to have a family. And we're a very underpopulated, this is very controversial, of course, for many people. We're a very underpopulated country here, and we have policies that don't support the growth of population, which is the same policies that don't support the productive development of our nation. We're an empty continent here mm. with high speed rail, with water projects, space projects, you know, and development of things like the iron boomerang that we've had discussions about on our Citizens Insight program, we could be in a, a powerhouse. Yeah. But the problem is that the intention is speculation, 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 and that's where the problem lies. We have to have a fundamental change in policy. Yeah. This. No, because you look at gov all government policy, the direction of Reserve Bank policy. I mean, look at earlier in the month when the Reserve Bank doubled the amount of bonds it was buying for what's called yield curve control, because in other words, they're trying to keep down the interest rate on bonds because it's part of their overall policy of keeping interest rates so so low that they can pump money into these bubbles. That's all they care about because mm. they know if these bubbles burst, whether it be the housing bubble or any other number of speculative uh, bubbles, it's going to collapse everything and they don't have the policy as we have to you know, pull out all the speculation, reorganise the system and make a fresh start. So we have those policies. People can go to our uh, website for more on that. We're going to take a quick break now and we'll come back and we're going to discuss um, the shutdown of banks.
Welcome back to the Citizens Report. We're now discussing a decisive battle in the war on cash. Now, we, before we get to that decisive battle, of course, people know that we've uh, uh, been a key part of a campaign to stop a ban on cash, which started with the push to ban large cash transactions over $10,000, and that bill was thrown out of the Parliament last year, which was great news. But, of course, as we said at the time, you have to remain vigilant on these things because they find other ways to bring it in with creeping measures. And one of the things that had been taking place was that uh, Woolies had done a trial to have cashless stores in metro parts of the country in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. Um, and there'd been a lot of controversy that blew up about this, including a tweet which we'll put up on the screen about um, a homeless guy who tried to pay for his food with cash and they wouldn't accept it. And one of the employees came along who'd just finished work and said, I'll pay for you using a card. And, you know, you can look at various tweets responding to this and to others. You know, people were angry about this. They do not like it. Um, so Woolies abandoned that trial, which is a really important victory, a minor one, but it, you know, it shows that they're not going to get away with this and uh, the powers that be are going to have to listen to the people if we continue to push them on it. Now, I want to get to... I want to talk a bit about Westpac because we're going to talk about a case of a, a business that has been debanked and we've talked about many of these cases where people you know, refused access to banking, which is a basic right, particularly if you're operating a business. But Westpac is the bank in question. And before I go into this story, I want to show you, uh, just to remind people who've no doubt been um, immersed in this over recent years, but I wanna run some clips from ads run by Westpac. Um, because this is a bank that has really hit upon um, a phenomenal way of doing their advertising which appear to have nothing to do with banking and which suck you right in and in the end of the ad they say, oh, you know, we're with you all the way, we're with every Australian. Um, it's just an absolute crock. So we'll just run these ads and then we'll come back and talk about it. I said goodbye to my best friend. doesn't bank with Westpac. Not all Australians are with Westpac. But we're with all Australians. Why? Because we're proud supporters of you. You can see from that, Elisa, you have to ask the question, why are they doing this? Well, it's a totally emotive set of atoms there which are playing on people's heartstrings to believe that the banks are there to help them, which is absolutely completely different to what the Royal Commission told us. The banks are there to screw you because they're only interested in profits first and foremost. 
And this is why we need a national bank. This is why we need a government-owned bank that actually supports the general interests and welfare of the people. But when you've got a private bank with private profits, they've got to run these ads to say, trust us. Mm. And we know we don't trust them no. because look what they're doing to people. And I think the case that we're about to talk about, Paul Thomas, yeah. is absolutely indicative of what these banks are doing. Yeah, so Paul Thomas is the owner of a cash-in-transit business, Commander Security, whom we want to talk about today because he was cut off from banking services. You know, he tried all the different banks. He ended up with Westpac, um, you know, by default, and then they cut him off so he has no access to banking. For, and they cut him off for no good reason. Uh, basically, this is part of the whole agenda to go cashless and banks are targeting any um, services that provide alternatives to the banks, including Bitcoin traders, gold and bullion trader dealers, independent remittance companies that transfer funds overseas, and the cash sector itself. Um, now, Paul Thomas you know, had the courage to take this to court, and on the 11th of March, Levitt Robinson solicitors who's representing, representing him and who represented and taking on the banks previously, cases like Storm Financial, um, took taking them on, uh, they put out a press release on March the 11th and that stated that Westpac is being sued in the Supreme Court of New South Wales based on a hidden trigger in its contract with retail customers which says that on rare occasions we may exercise our discretion to close your accounts or refuse to accept further withdrawals due to unsatisfactory conduct or for any other reason we deem appropriate. I mean, because he, he had certainly not had any unsatisfactory conduct, so this certainly falls into the any other reason we deem appropriate, which is just, you know, open slather. Which pits, pits their commercial interests, right, against the idea that everyone should have the access to a banking system. Hmm. This is private banking versus what our concept is of public banking. That's why we're so uh, vigorously campaigning for an Australia Post Bank where everyone has equal access and a government-owned bank can't uh, shut legitimate businesses off mm. from having access to banking services. So this is, you know, this is the bastardry the banks are into and why they yeah. have to have those highly emotive ads to cover up just how bigger bastards they are. Yeah, I mean, how can you expect to run an economy when one, as we saw in the first segment, small businesses can't get loans because it's all going into housing. Two, you get people like this that are cut off from any access to banking. How can the government possibly allow that to happen? Um, now, the press release from Levitt Robinson quoted our Citizens Party Research Director, Robert Barwick, who talked about the fact that banks are trapping people into banks. They're making a margin on every transaction and they're tracking our transactions. This is all part of the broader agenda. And Robbie went on to say, what moral authority do banks have to make these kind of decisions given their own record? If they are trying to kill cash, what is a debanked person supposed to do if he cannot use a bank and he cannot deal in cash? This is a basic denial of individual liberty and of the freedom to do business. I like the comment, Lisa, that Direct Patrick had during the committee hearings on this subject where he says, well, maybe the banks need to be debanked. Oh, for, yeah. Because of their records. Well, exactly. Now, think back to those ads, too, that we played. We're here for every Australian. Yes, well, not for Paul Thomas no. or millions of other Australians in reality. Now, we'll be right back after this um, break and we're going to talk about how the banks are shutting down all their branches and ATMs.
Welcome back to the Citizens Report where we're talking about a decisive battle in the war on cash. Um, and I wanted to add that one of the um, infamous um, Westpac bank ads talking about, you know, we're all Australians, we're here to help, was running during the scandal where Westpac was charged with 23 million cases of uh, money laundering, breaches of the Anti-Money Laundering Act, for which this week APRA announced it is dropping its case just as ASIC had earlier dropped its case. So this is just shocking. I mean, the banks, even when there's threat of some kind of action, it never gets followed through. Um, but Craig, we want to talk now a bit about um, the ongoing shutdown of um, bank branches and ATMs, which is another form of you know, underbanking or debanking people where they can't access cash and, you know, which leaves institutions like Australia Post as the only service for people in a lot of areas and not just in regions but in cities as well. And we're going to do a fuller study to try to find out um, exactly what's going on here in terms of the shutdowns. Um, but we, when we put out this press release about Paul Thomas, we were un inundated with supporters of ours and contacts calling us to say how their bank branch had been shut down or the local ATM they all, always go to has been shut down. And some of these, for instance, one supporter lives in Darling Harbour, so in the middle of the city areas or in the middle of Brisbane in another case, um, someone else told us about a very well-travelled ATM in Perth that was just shut down um, in Renmark. Um, we can put up an article about uh, their local Commonwealth Bank, I think it was, branch being shut down. Another rural person in rural Victoria who her local bank had been shut down and now the nearby town is shutting down. That was ANZ. And in that nearby town that she was going to, which now has been shut, the, the local post office there is up for sale because what we're finding with uh, Australia Post, as the LPOs have made clear, is that they can't exist unless the conditions that Christine Holgate brought in are extended and continued to make the banks pay up for people to come and use the banking services that otherwise would not be available. So we'll just put up a couple of graphs here. The first one shows uh, bank branch closures between 2017 and 2020. Uh, and the other one shows ATM closures from 2017 to 2020 also. And whilst on the graph it doesn't look quite as dramatic, I just wanted to mention the ATM shutdowns where for, in major cities from June 2019 to June 2020, 18.1% of ATMs were shut, fell off. The previous year it was 9.6%. So this really adds up. In inner regional areas, 14.2% was the decline in the previous, the last year, 7.5% decline in the previous year. The outer regional areas were down 12.9% in this latest year, 6.4% for remote regions and very remote regions, which don't have many anyway, down by 2.5%. So the total for Australia was a collapse of 16.7% between June 2019 to June 2020. And an RBA report on called Cash Withdrawal Symptoms from 2019 showed that if Australia Post service obligations were dropped in order to more easily privatise it, which is their intention, the geographic spread of Australia Post branches would be compromised um, because of course Australia Post is required to provide reasonably reasonable access to all Australians. And they have a broader geographical spread because they're not all clumped into the cities like the major banks are.
comes down to one thing, Lisa, the private banks and the private greed or the public good and the general benefit of banking services provided by a government-owned bank, which is what we're fighting for with the Australia Post Bank and the National Bank. That's a political issue and it's why people have to get involved with what we're doing, get a copy of the Australian Alert Service and read about this, follow it all the way through because that's what people can do. Get active and get, get angry. And it works, as and it we're works. seeing. So that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in and see you again next week. Mm -hmm.